1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First Samuel 8. I would say these. this is one of the chapters in the Bible that if we're wanting to pay attention to the biblical narrative that's happening from Genesis all the way through Revelation, First mm-hmm. Samuel 8 is one of those that, that should kind of have a, it should be a hook in our mind yeah. on the biblical storyline. Yeah. Uh, because this is where the Bible, this is where the Old Testament turns, and particularly Israel, turns from a judgeship to a kingship, mm-hmm. from having judges kind of rule over them or judge over them in a way mm-hmm. to uh, to having a king. And so after this, you know, Israel doesn't go back to judges. They, they, they have a king from yeah. here on yeah. out. Um, and so, and so this is kind of a pivotal moment in redemptive history mm-hmm. for them to go to, to a, a, a kingship. And, you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I feel like this passage has probably been misunderstood in some ways mm-hmm. um, with them going to a king and their desire for a king. So we'll, we'll talk through it a little bit, but, um, but yeah, so you, so you have, you have Samuel here and now he's old, you know, he like yeah. went to the temple as a young boy. Yeah. 20 years. He's off the scene. We hear he shows back up in chapter seven and now it's like, he's this old dude Yeah, and he's got, he's got sons and, um, very interesting. Like you would expect, especially with like Eli as the high priest yeah. with uh, yeah. Phineas and Hophni, yeah. you know, that, that they were, they were a couple of uh, knuckleheads and mm-hmm. you would expect like Samuel, he comes on the scene and he's this righteous guy that like is given to the temple, the presence of the Lord, his whole life and all yeah. that. You would expect him to have these like great sons who rule, you know, rule over Israel, judge Israel and are just these great guys. And it turns out they're not great at all. Mm. They turned aside after gain is what it said. Mm. I mean, such the downfall of so many even today. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we forsake uh, the Lord's kingdom, you know, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Uh, but so many get lost in seeking after gain. Yeah. And it, and it typically leads us on this, on this path away from the Lord 
And that's what mm-hmm. it does for Samuel and his sons. It says that they took bribes and they perverted justice. So basically, I mean, they, they, they turned this whole like judge thing into, into a little profit yeah. making scheme yeah. taking bribes from people and, and perverting justice and, and this kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so then it, uh, you know, so then it goes on and this famous part in chapter eight, where the people come to the people come to Samuel and they say, behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. And then this, this gets into where it's, um, oftentimes I feel like it's kind of misunderstood or not followed, not follow the text exactly mm-hmm. because oftentimes because God, God goes on, Samuel comes back to the Lord and then the Lord responds to Samuel and says that, uh, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being King over them as if like the people right then and there are the ones who've rejected Samuel and rejected the Lord. And so now God is going to like, is going to give them this King. But really, really what it's saying is that they have been rejecting him all ever since they left Egypt. Yeah. Verse eight says, according to all the deeds that they have done from the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are also doing to you. So, I mean, you can go back all the way back to Exodus when they leave Egypt you know, even Aaron and the golden calf and all the wandering in the wilderness and the grumbling and the complaining that they do. And as you know, like Hebrews four talks about their lack of faith and how they, uh, some, you know, the older generation was not allowed to go into the promised land mm-hmm. due to that and, yeah. and those type things. Uh, and so this has been happening for decades and decades that they have been forsaking the Lord. Yeah. And then they come and they ask for a King like all the other nations. And I don't know that it's a, 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 an unreasonable request here. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Samuel's sons are going to replace Samuel and they're seeing that these guys are, are kind of perverting the whole, you know, judge office. And so I don't think it's like super unreasonable for them to come to Samuel and say, Hey, you're getting old, meaning you're about to pass away. Your sons are about to take over in your place. We don't want them. Yeah. We would like a king in their place. Yeah. Um, and then God, you know, kind of responds to Samuel and says, well, they've been rejecting me ever since Egypt, but I'm going to grant them their request mm-hmm. um, of this king. So any any observations on the passage, Will? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I think there are like, just with so many different facets of this passage, even as we were talking about it before him, you can really faithfully read this passage and kind of read different tone into different sure. moments of right. it. Exactly. With like, you know, some like different implications, like when they talk about like give us a king to judge us like all the nations, like that you could read that in this sort of like they're wanting to become these like, you know, the Philistines and these other pagan nations and like tie that to like the idolatry stuff. Or like you could just say that like that's literally just a statement of political preference and that there's no you know right. you know and like sure. and which is kind of more in line with what you're saying but i think what this really like points to is you know we're we're at the end of the period of the judges and you know the the period of the judges is like 
not a good time for Israel. Like if you read right. through Judges, it gets worse and worse and worse. And, and you know, like the judges become less righteous and less righteous. There's so much corruption, idolatry. Right. And so it's here in First Samuel 8 where the Lord bookends that chapter, that political chapter of Israel's history. Right. And we're starting the kingdom of Israel. And, you know, now we're going to see like, okay, if there is one supreme king who, you know, serves the Lord and, you know, rules over the nation, then will the the people pursue righteousness and justice. And that is what we're about to watch play out. And so I think the the main thing that is important here is seeing just how sin has corrupted and invaded all of these uh, structures. And, mm. and, and, you know, even to today, like, right. like, and, and this is where, like, I think the endless, like, political jabber of, like, the right way to do things mm. can just become so futile mm. after a while. Mm. Because, like, we just have to realize, like, sin infects everything. Yeah. And, you know, like, as long so as... So pervasive. Yeah, exactly. Like, as long as there are people, there will be you know, corruption and there right. will not be like a great way to dwell together as long as sin is in our midst. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it kind of points us down that narrative that we're going to follow throughout the rest of the old Testament. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's a, a, a point, you know, like I was saying earlier about Samuel that, that you would expect his sons to be this, you know, bright light and ray of hope in the mm-hmm. midst of Israel that mm-hmm. continues on Samuel's legacy. And yet, Sin is so pervasive. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it just, it creeps into yeah. every aspect of life. I always think of like leaven and bread, you know, it like goes through all the bread. I mean, it's, it's like just in mm. every little nook and cranny of the fiber of our being. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned last time that, that Jesus was a true and better Samuel and he truly is a mm-hmm. true and better Samuel because Samuel um, a great man himself, but even his offspring, something did not translate from him to his offspring. Yeah. And yet Jesus, you know, is the true and better Samuel. Like he is the one that no sin ever touched him. And for those who truly follow him, mm-hmm. you know, he provides the same thing, mm-hmm. just a washing by the blood so that we can be washed clean of all of our sin. Totally. Um, and we need to live in the, in the light of Jesus totally. all of our days. All right, well, interesting passage on 1 Samuel 8. We'll continue tomorrow. Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.